Welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll. And today on the CEO Podcast, we have a very special guest, a first-timer. Everybody give it up for his very first time on, on this podcast, Mr. Austin Clark, also known as Moose. Yeah, Moose, man. what's up, bro? Hey, man, dude, I'm really glad to be in the same room as you. This is the nickname, <laughs> the nickname version of the CEO podcast. So. This is the nickname podcast. <laughs> yes, man. You, I yeah. think you're the first one on the pod who has a legitimate nickname. Yeah. Besides me, of course. But, of course. Of but course. As, as, as far as our esteemed guests, um, yeah, man, glad to have you on right. here. Uh, like I said, this is your first time, and with every podcast we do, we always like to uh, let our guests just talk about themselves for a minute so that our listeners would get to know who you are. So just a little um, – just some notes here on Moose for all you wonderful listeners out there. Uh, Moose is the campus director down at the University of Southern Mississippi. Yep. Shout Sip. out shout out USM. Yeah, to the top. Yeah, to the top, man. I've been seeing that all around town today. Um, uh, Moose, you – what I want you to do is to kind of talk about maybe your upbringing a little bit, some of your background and where you went to school, what you studied, stuff like that. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, Austin, my given name is Austin Clark, but no one really calls me that except for my, uh, except for my wife. So, um, if you see me around, call me Moose for sure. Um, but yeah, I went to Troy university. So that's my, that's my alma mater. That's who I, that's who I truly love. Those are my, those are my first love. So a uh, shout out to Troy, but really just wanted, um, my college experience was I came in as a Christian and I really wanted to grow, but I had zero direction about what to, about what, how to do that. And I think Troy was just such a, God used it in such a mighty, powerful way in my life. So, um, so yeah, I went there for a few years, got, got my degree in history. And then I worked with Campus Arch there for three years and then launched out over here west to the SIP. And to the I SIP. Had, had been here for about a year and a half now. So love it to the top, man, to the top, to the top. <laughs> Everyone who's listening, who's not like a USM student <laughs> or graduate is like, what are they talking about? Yeah. They're, yeah, they're going to be weirded out for sure. I don't know the origin story yet. I haven't really uh, asked that one. So you got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Still got some research. I did do. not know that you were a history major. So yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. So you, I guess you learn something new every single day. All right, let's get into our topic for today, Moose. So we're talking about living an explicitly Christian life. Okay. And uh, I'm really excited to kind of have this conversation with you. Got a couple questions for you. Um, you know, really, we're going to be talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. And I'll kind of let you kind of dive into why we're specifically talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, but are you ready to kind of jump in? You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, man. So, you know, when we're talking about the whole, like when we're talking about receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, what exactly are we talking about? Like, who is the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I think in our current culture, talking about spirits we often think about things like ghosts and like uh you know like star wars or these like forces that don't even really seem real but you know somebody oh this person has the he's got the spirit of this person or whatever and it's kind of like this like metaphor or something it's not really like a real thing um but yeah the holy spirit my definition from the bible so it's not really my definition is that the holy spirit is like the personality of god that is living and existing are in the world in heaven and then also within within the minds and hearts of Christians. So that would be my uh would be my tr- attempt at a short definition. So he's eternal, he's just like the father, he's just like Jesus. 
um, but he is a um, the manifestation of God's personality. Some people have even some theologians have said he's like the 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 experiential the experience of the love of the Father and the Son in like a in a being. <laughs> so that's pretty deep to think about. But yeah, it's like imagine if the love of God could actually like live in you. That's what that's what the Holy Spirit is for Christians. So. Hmm. That's great. Yeah, yeah, we got we got deep quick. So no, that's good. That's good. I mean, <laughs> when someone becomes a Christian and their life changes, a lot of times the some somewhat of the emotional unex, inexplainable feelings that people have, it's really the rush of the Holy Spirit taking control of them. Right, right. You know, and so, you know, on the external, you can't really see. You can't really. You don't. You don't. As an outside observer, you don't chalk it up to like, oh, you know, that's the Holy Spirit in their life. Like, for the random person can't see that. But in all honesty, that is what makes the Christian life totally unique. Primarily unique is there's the, there's the that God is literally living inside of an individual to transform their character, transform their minds, their hearts, and to use them as like an agent to change the world mm. and empowering them to be able to be the person that God wants them to be for yeah. for others. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So when someone becomes a Christian, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Right. They're a brand new creation. So. What is the power that is made available to Christians through the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I mean, I could just list a couple. <laughs> There's a lot, um, that, but I think just a few categories. I think I would start out with no one can become a Christian. No one can see God's glory. No one can understand the gospel in a way that makes it valuable and attractive without the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, in a sense, he is the one awakening a person to see who Jesus really is and his value. The way that uh, this, the book of Second Corinthians defines it is he, that every person has like a veil over their, the eyes of their heart, which is obviously a metaphor. We know we don't have eyes there, but it's like there's a veil over every person's heart, and the Holy Spirit removes that veil from people's, eye, from people's hearts so they can actually see who Jesus really is and what he came to do. So, and, and that it's not just a fact or it's not just a theory, but it's actually something that's the most important reality in life so that's the first thing so no one can you can't you don't become a christian on your own the holy spirit is actually helping you see jesus and his value and make him look desirable to follow so to see him as he is and then so you begin a christian with the begin the life of a christian with the holy spirit and then you continue in in that life so a couple other things just quickly we can talk about these more but like the holy spirit helps you identify and defeat sin in your life he empowers you with gifts for the common good of the body of Christ or the church or believers. And then a couple other things. He helps you encourage other believers, and he helps you speak truth boldly and lovingly to Christians and to non-Christians. So that's, that's just a few of the categories that we can go to deeper, any yeah. of those that you want to. So That's great, man. I love that. Read them one more time for our listeners. Okay. just uh, my, my quick list is the Holy Spirit empowers believers to behold God's glory in the gospel message. That's how we become a Christian. And then as we grow as a Christian, he helps us identify and defeat sin in our lives. He helps us serve the common good of the body of Christ. He, he enables us to encourage other believers. And then he enables us to speak truth boldly and lovingly to the world and to the church. Now that's good, man. Talk, talk a little more about how the Holy Spirit really does empower someone to defeat sin in their life. Yeah, I mean, I think the way where I'm getting that from, you know, I didn't just pull that out of the air. If someone were to look in the book of Romans, um, the mo- probably 
one of my influences, John Piper, calls Romans chapter 8 the most significant chapter in the whole Bible. And what the, the first thing that it, that chapter is talking about is what does it mean to live in the Spirit, to live by the Spirit. I do love Romans 8. That is, uh, I, I definitely agree, probably. For a long time, I, I used to have this old Bible, uh, the first Bible that I really used after becoming a Christian. And this sounds really weird, but if you would hold it in a certain way, the pages were so used to being open to, ch- to Romans chapter 8 that they, it would fall open that way. <laughs> so I have a kind of a weird story about yeah. that, that exact chapter that uh, John Piper loves. But go ahead. That's and, a message for sure. Yeah. So the, it basically says, if you, meaning Christians, are not in the flesh, you're not in sin anymore, but you're in the spirit, meaning the spirit lives within you. If, in fact, God's spirit lives within you, anyone who does not have God's, the spirit of Christ does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, although your body is dead because of sp- of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And because this spirit, basically it goes on to say, if this spirit raised Jesus from the dead, then he can also give life to your body and into your life in the same way. So mm-hmm. a, a Christian experiences victory over sin, and they know what their sin is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, gosh, that's so good. Just thinking, just just the imagery of that passage too, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit giving life to our dead bodies. Like we are mm-hmm. truly, we really are wicked and dead in our sin. Yeah, um, and what I mean, it goes on in that same chapter. One of the fav- one of the one of our Christians' favorite verses to quote says, "You know, we know that for all we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose." And then that and that purpose is to be conformed, to be transformed into the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, and then if you, so if you connect the, that passage that we just read with that very well-known passage, it's the way that you get into that, the way you are transformed into Christ's likeness is through the Holy Spirit within you. God's using all your circumstances, all your life to help you accomplish, help accomplish that goal for you. Yeah. So no doubt, man, no doubt. So let me ask you this. When you think of like, um, and I'm sure people that are listening are thinking, you know, there's countless examples of, of Christians that we know who they, they are Christians, or at least they might claim to be Christians, um, but it doesn't seem like anything's different, right? It doesn't seem like uh, there's any real, like, presence of the Holy Spirit there, right? There, there's really no um, evidence, maybe, um, mm. that the Holy Spirit has um, kind of done anything in someone's life. So wh- why is it that so many times Christians don't seem to be living in the reality that, man, the, the Holy Spirit of God is alive inside you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So here's a story that maybe I can make stories. some sense. A nice little stories. analogy. So, um, so there was a man who lived in, who bought some land in Oklahoma and if, you know, or Texas. And we know that if anything about that, that that's oil land, right? That's the, that's valuable land. But imagine, you know, back in the day before they discovered oil there, this guy bought some land, and he was sitting on millions of dollars. But he owned it. It was, it was in his grasp, but he was not, he was not experiencing the, the benefits of what he possessed. So what had to happen was he had to, one day, he drilled down and discovered what was really within him, and he became a possessor of what was really his. So and that's that's true for every Christian, is that there's something that every Christian possesses if they're truly in Christ, if they truly have the Spirit of God, is that he, he lives within you. But there's a way, it talks about in 
books like Ephesians, 1 Thessalonians says, don't grieve the spirit of God. Don't quench the spirit um, by whom we were sealed. So there's, there might, the presence of the spirit is in someone's life if they're in Christ, but they may not be accessing the power, uh, the, the benefits of what he is offering in their life because they may be, they may be, he may have identified some sin or put it gently, not, helped them notice some sin, but they may have ignored him. And that's grief, that's, that's ignoring, that's a, that would be what the Bible calls grieving the spirit or quenching the spirit. It's kind of like putting a candle out. You know, you quench the candle. And, and Christians can do that. So, yeah. I think we've, we've seen it, you and I, on, yeah. on these campuses we spend our time on. And, and even in our own lives, I mean, there are times when I have quenched the spirit and yeah. tried to resist them even. Yeah, right? me too. Yeah. Me too. And that's, and that's why... That's, I think that's what makes the Bible, you know, a lot of people put the Bible, God's word and God's spirit at odds. But in reality, the language of the spirit is the Bible. The, the Bible was written by the Holy Spirit. He was, he was influencing the writers of the Bible to translate God's thoughts, God's words to humanity into intelligible, understandable human language. So, so yeah, just me. So the, the less that you are filling your heart and mind with God's word, the less you are able to understand what the spirit is saying to you. Cause the, mm-hmm. the language of the spirit is God's word in the Bible. Say that man, say that to the top, <laughs> to the top, <laughs> to the top. All right. How about this? How can a Christian who's listening, um, live in such a way where they're really taking advantage of the power that they possess as being a Christian, having the Holy spirit alive inside them, um, and living this truly, um, explicit Christian life. Yeah. I mean, I think this, I mean, that's definitely going back to the question you already asked, like, why aren't people experiencing it? And we live in a, we live in a time and age where we have many of the comforts, um, or we at least feel that we have what we need in, to have a successful, good life. Um, so the, the first thing I would instruct anyone to do is simply take stock of your life and ask, does my life require the power of God in it? Or have I set up my life to be so comfortable that I don't actually need God's presence in my life to do the things that I want to do and to be the person that I want to be? So I would, so I'd encourage anyone to take stock of that. Do I, do I actually, am I actively in need of God's power? Um, but I think, so, so you might, you may take stock of that. You may ask that question of yourself. You may reflect on that and say, I want more of the spirit. I need more of the spirit. So what do you do? And the biblical command that uh, Paul gives in Ephesians five is be filled with the spirit. So that's, so we, as I'm talking about it, I'm saying that the Holy spirit's active, he's doing things. So you might think that I need to be passive or I can, I just sit back and I'm, and I'll just wait on the spirit to, you know, put the warning lights on or, you know, make the lights go off for me. And, and that's just not, that's not what Paul says. He's he give, he's giving Christians a command to pursue being filled with the Holy spirit to let their life be so controlled that he is the influencer, the influencing controller of their life. And if you read that verse a little bit more, it's actually setting it at odds with drunkenness. It says, don't be drunk, but be filled with the spirit. Because, and what he's saying is when you're drunk, you are, you are becoming more numb to the realities of life. But when you're being controlled by the spirit of God, you're becoming more awakened. You're becoming more alive to what reality actually is. So how do you do that? And uh, this is just a simple thing that rhymes. So it's easy to remember. Read, pray, and obey. 
So, Uh-oh, sounds it, like a chant. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, a little mantra for you if you, need to, if you need to remember it that way. So read, read the Bible. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, like I said earlier, the language of the, language of the Spirit is the Bible. So memorize it, read it, hear it preached, talk about it with your friends. Whatever it means for the Bible to get into your mind and heart, do that. Pray. The way that, you know, somebody might say if you've seen simple diagrams that maybe a campus art staff has showed you, it's the Bible is the way that God speaks to us. Prayer is the way that we speak back to God. And you can actually, you can actually have a relationship with the Holy Spirit in the same way that you have a, a relationship with the Father, with Jesus. You can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So you can, you can actually be asking him to identify sin in your life. You can ask him to make Jesus look better, make Jesus look more like who he really is to me. Uh, ask the Father. It says in Romans 8, once again, we're all about Romans 8 today. It says the Spirit intercedes, I mean, he prays for us with longings that are too deep for words. So just imagine that there's, there's someone living inside of you that knows you so deeply, so well, that he's asking the Father on your behalf what you really need. So ask, ask the Holy Spirit to make you aware of what those things are. So read, pray, and then obey. Be, that, that be filled the Spirit as a command. So the more that you are avoiding grieving the Spirit or quenching the Spirit with disobedience, then the more you're avoiding that, the more you're living and filling yourself with the Spirit. And I think I would say that by how do you do that? Because there's a lot of gray areas in the Christian life. If you feel test, I guess, I guess I'd say test your inklings test your uh these like intuitions that you might have of like you know everyone knows that you shouldn't get drunk or everyone knows you shouldn't you know have sex with your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever but you know there might be an inkling where it says where you hear like i should go talk to that person that's maybe my friend or that person i don't know and i should just ask them you know introduce myself i should maybe try and share the gospel with them and if that's really from the spirit I think you'll find that that's a that was an amazing time an amazing opportunity that you had and you can actually and you can actually test what it means to obey and become more in tune with the voice of the Holy Spirit in your conscience in your life. So those would be that'd be my really simple attempt at at application read, pray and obey. I think that's good. You want more of the Holy Spirit? You want the Holy Spirit to take more control of your life and to guide and dictate where you go? Be filled with the Holy Spirit by Reading, praying, and obeying. Yeah, it doesn't sound as good when you, you know, say it the way I did. <laughs> Sounds way better when you say it, Moose. Read, pray, obey. <laughs> yeah, had a lot of practice. No, that's, that's good. Amen. Well, before we get out of here, anything else you'd like to say on this topic before we kind of close shop? Yeah, uh, I remember Jesus. And what I mean by that is though he was God, he lived a life that was dependent on the Spirit of God. If you, if you want a verse for that, look at Luke five seventeen. He healed people by the power of the Holy Spirit. He taught and spoke boldly and lovingly by the power of the Holy Spirit. He read, prayed, and perfectly obeyed to the point of literal death. He did so so that you and I might have this power in our life. So let this be an even a more of an occasion to worship Jesus. This is not an add-on to, the, uh, to your relationship with God. This is, this is a fuller experience of what it means to know Jesus and make the cross look even bigger and the empty tomb look even more awesome in your life amen brother well listen moose it's so good to have you on the pod uh really glad we got to do this today and uh i really hope and pray that it uh, hits our listeners exactly where they need it so uh, we'll get you back on here for another one sometime um just want to thank you again for for joining us brother for sure i enjoyed it man thanks 
Amen. Amen. Um, well, to our listeners, we want to say thank you for tuning in and for listening to today's episode. We want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We want to encourage you to share this episode or any other episodes that have uh, benefited you with some of your friends. And we want to encourage you to come on back for some more of the Campus Outreach Birmingham podcast. With that in mind, for my good buddy Moose, this is T-Roll saying thank you once again. We will see you next time for another episode of the Campus Outreach podcast. Take care. <laughs>